Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. My name is B-Rob, and today is Memorial Day, the Monday of Memorial Day weekend, and this is episode 100 of the Pineapple Couch. I wanted to start everything off by uh, thanking all the men and women who have given their lives to protect this great country. I love America, and I think we should all love America, and it's only really possible because of people like them, so thank you. We got a jam-packed full episode here of the Pineapple Couch today for episode 100. I'm going to be joined by Josh Bilker to talk about the opening round of the NBA playoffs. Lakers, Suns, Clippers, Mavs, things are heating up there. The Bucks sweep the heat. Lots of stuff to unpack and talk about. And then later I will be joined by Peter Gonzalez to talk about the upcoming projects, the MCU, like the Eternals movie, Shang-Chi, and more. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that. But... I did want to start today's podcast off with some thank yous because this is episode 100 of the Pineapple Couch and it means a lot to me. I've had a lot of health issues the last couple of years in starting this podcast and interacting with all of you, the listeners, people who have come on has really been like honestly one of the best parts about my life. So I'd like to thank you all for listening and I'd also like to thank my mom and my dad for my dad always comes on. My mom's always helped, encouraged me. So thank you to them. A huge thank you to Big Dog and Josh Bilker. I mean, Big Dog's been here with me since the first episode. I think Josh has been here for 80. Um, those two guys, we just do this in our free time. And so shout out to them for taking the time to talk with me and laugh and make fun of each other each week. So thank you. Also, a big shout out to Marley Thuma for the lovely artwork that is the Pineapple Couch's logo. Um, such a huge help in all things, teaching me how to use Photoshop, all that sort of stuff. Um, and obviously the logo is incredible. You can put me on a a photo with Philip Rivers, Jon Snow, Spider-Man, Big Dog. She's incredibly talented. So thank you so much for that. Also, a huge thank you to my guy Dustin Morgan and Mark Wassmer, who have su- pr- supplied me with the music for the podcast since day one. Great friends, didn't have to do that, and they both were super nice about it and immediately pitched in and helped. And I think that the outro and intros of this podcast are absolutely electric and you have them to thank. So thank you guys. Also a big shout out to Peter Gonzalez, who's been on the past few months with me doing all sorts of Marvel talk. I'm really enjoying getting to work with him again. We worked quite a bit together in college, so it's fun to do that again. I'd also like to thank my football boys, Christo, Kyle, Eric, um, footballs in the, the fall is probably my favorite part about this podcast. And those three really help make that super fun as well as big dog and Josh. Shout out to my guy Mitchell Rincon, who we share the love of the Rolling Stones and we do the music drafts. Um, the stupid fuck lives in New York now, so he's so far away. But it is nice to stay in contact with him through this pineapple couch. So shout out to you, Mitch. Um, some other people I'll run through. I mean, Tim Hall, he's come on a few times. Calling him about the Kings has always been electric. Keon joining us for the drafts as well as Miles. Lately, we've had Dom on, who's been doing some great basketball with us. My younger brother, Johnny, has been a part of the podcast, as well as Stephen Young. Um, Miles, I think I just mentioned his name, but you're going to get a double shout out there, Miles. You're welcome. And uh, Jay came on once, Alex Canner, Michael Frank, Stephen Facer, and Joe Rinaldi calling in, giving me shit. Appreciate that. Um, and, you know, got to give a big thank you to my guy, Philip Rivers. He's the fucking king. Go, Phil. Um, and yeah, again, thank you just to everyone who's listened. I love doing this, and hopefully we'll do a thousand more. So here's the first hundred. Let's keep grinding. I'll stop rambling, and you can get to the podcast. Thank you, guys. All right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Uh, got a great segment here. We're going to be talking a little NBA playoffs, a little check-in for the hundredth episode with my guy Josh Bilker. Josh, how you doing, my friend? I'm great. I'm doing fine. It's been a long weekend, but it's been really yeah. nice, I think. It definitely feels like Monday of Memorial Weekend right now, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Pretty tired over here. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
an exciting weekend of basketball, but no close games. But the implications, I guess, are exciting. So let's just get right into the NBA playoffs. The Mavs were up 2-0 on the Clippers. They take like a 14-2 lead or something in game three. And fast forward, the Clips win two straight. They come back and win. We're getting elite, elite version of Kawhi Leonard. Um, Luka dealing with a little neck strain, I believe. But this, I mean, I'm curious to hear what you have to say as a Clippers fan. I thought that a sweep was possible with how the first two games looked. And then Kawhi showed me why I should not doubt him. What do you think? (laughs) Um, I I don't. I never thought a sweep was in play, really. I just didn't. I thought this Clipper team was just too good. I knew they were kind of defeating themselves in a way, I guess, in in a way that was just so uh, disheartening and and, uh, just humiliating, honestly, to just support Mm -hmm. this team, too, on top of that. Um, But I think the thing is, the story of the last two games has really been their shooting finally went back down to normal, the Mavs. Like, I I don't think the Clippers were Mm -hmm. playing terribly offensively at least defensively they were the, the Mavs were just on fire uh, on fire they were shooting over 50 percent from three and that's just like unbeatable if you're if guys like Tim mm-hmm. Hardaway Jr. granted you're giving them these open shots him and Dorian Finney-Smith yeah. and Kleber the lack of effort in those first yes. two games by the Clippers was weird I agree I was very weird. they like didn't realize it started or I I don't I really think it's a problem with um the the locker room still seems to be an issue for this team, right? Where like there still isn't like a fire that's lit under them because I don't really yep, think anyone, exactly. nobody really respects. I feel like anyone's leadership because Kawhi's not the kind of guy to really to get you guys going. Mm-hmm. Paul George, I think people have kind of considered him laughable now. Uh, Beverly has been outplayed the series and benched effectively mm-hmm. now, probably for the rest of the series, unfortunately. So you really only got like Rondo and Ty Lue and apparently a little and bit of Serge Ibaka. Rondo. And so like I, I think mm-hmm. yeah, go keep going. I just think Ty Lue sucks. Yeah, I'm I still don't understand there's a lot of really dumb shit Ty Lue's done so far this this series with just matchups and not playing certain guys. Like it took him until what was it, game it was a game two. Terrence Mann finally he realized that he needed to play him in like uh, the yeah, third quarter. But he barely played him. I think he played him fifteen minutes in game two, and then Stupid. I think they they got him going in game three and four. I also, when watching those first two games, I mean I know the the Clippers won two straight, so I'm not trying to be negative. But why the fuck did you trade for Rondo? I don't know. If the the way they were playing him those first two games, like that's why you got him. I was for those moments and. It was just baffling to me seeing Ty Lue just not play him. And look what happens in game three and four when you give him a little more looks. I think there was a little bit of beef is what I've from what I've seen and heard is that Ronda. Between Lue and Ronda? Yes. Yeah, they, they got into an arguing. Oh, they got into God. like a fight game one and two, specifically game two. And that's why he didn't play, I guess, the rest of the game, really. So there was some something really wrong between their relationship, at least. Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's smoke. Maybe it's just frustration at the time. But yeah, Rondo apparently was pissed. Him and Serge Ibaka went at it, I guess, in the locker room after the game, I guess, after game two, because it was just so humiliating to lose that game. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Serge Ibaka, I don't know if he'll play for the rest of the series or even the rest of the playoffs either. So I I don't Mm. really know what's going on with him. Um, It's just really weird. Their their three-point shooting has been their most effective tool all season for the Clippers team. They're like mm-hmm. statistically, I think top five shooting team in NBA history, something like that, which is, you know, kind of um, 
uh, a little bit of a, an anomaly for, for whatever, how mm-hmm. weird the season is. But you're not getting good three-point shooting from anyone on this team, really. It, like, uh, fucking yeah. Marcus Morris was terrible. Um, he sucks. Yeah, all, all these guys just could not, like, buy a shot, buy a basket. So I just don't understand either why you're not playing, like, Luke Kennard still. I, I still don't really get it because he seems like he's I, the best <sighs> three-point shooter. They gave him a $64 makes million no dollar extension, and they just still refused to play him in these series. Even in the regular season, too, it was like I felt, I felt like there were so many opportunities for him to get that playing time, get more looks, get more comfortable. And I just have mm-hmm. – I mean, I've never been a giant Ty Lue fan. I haven't been a hater. I mean, he was just the coach of the Cavs mm-hmm. when the Warriors all went up against him. And I just kind of considered LeBron the coach of the Cavs because, <laughs> honestly, he was, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um I, I don't know. I just have absolutely no faith in Ty Lue. Yeah. I mean, if, if Ty Lue and Rondo are getting in an argument, as much of an asshole as Rondo is, I'm taking Rondo's side probably. Yeah, he's been there a little bit know. more often, it seems, and it's, yeah. it's more on, on him a little bit. But I just don't get I, – I maybe the argument I've seen is like Luke Kennard defensively is a liability, but they were getting destroyed defensively. And they seem to finally figure some things out where they're just not going to – they're not really switching as much, and they're kind of staying single coverage, not doubling Luca. And of course, the shoulder yeah. injury, uh, unfortunately, helps at least because he's just not going to be full strength Luca potentially for yeah. the rest of the series, which is a bummer. But yeah, I. What do you mm-hmm. think going forward in this series? Are you confident after you got to feel you'd be feeling pretty good after these last two games? I mean, Kawhi Leonard's on an absolute tear. He was on a tear when they were losing. Yeah, he's. You're. We're getting. I think the closest thing to 2017 Kawhi that we've ever seen. Um, so do you think that these last two games, the Clippers, who would you favor going forward? I, I think the Clippers, I think, got it. I would favor the Clippers. But I, I don't feel confident, though, still, because I still think there's there's a chance that they just this team just completely just shows up completely neutered again for games three yeah, and four. Yeah, that's true. And that's something that's just still – like they kind of let, even though it was like a twenty point game last last night, I just feel like they didn't. It should have been more in a way. Like they they were playing mm-hmm. so much better than them. They kind of like the Clippers also kind of gave up. They're like, well, we beat them and that's it. I just I want to see them like, you know, just like rip their heart out a little bit. That's what yeah, I, I want to see. On the throat. I want to see a little bit more fuck you from this Clippers team. Not, I guess not fuck you is the right word, but you know what I mean. Just as far no, as I think oh, I think that's the right word. More more passion. I think on an edge. Yeah. And well, one thing I can guarantee you, Josh, mm-hmm. even if Luca is a bit hurt, he's coming out absolutely balls blazing in Game Five. He is going to be coming out so hard. And the other thing about this series is just, uh, man, Kristaps Porzingis, he's terrible. Is just yeah, not good. Yeah, he got he, <laughs> he's just not good. And that's part of the reason why I think the Clippers are going to be able to come back in the series because they're able to put guys like Batum, Paul George on him, and it's just like he's not going to impose his size. He's a, he's a terrible mm-hmm. rebounder for a guy that's seven three, and he, he's terrible. And he prefers to shoot mid ranges, which I just I don't understand. Like you can you he's not even that good of a shooter anymore. No, not anymore. I no. feel like no, he's kind of he lost used to it. have a nice. Yeah. He's got a good stroke, um, but still, like yeah, I, I know what you mean, like completely. He just it's, seems to have lost. It's his pretty touch. frustrating. He got when you see booed that. last night by the Dallas fans. He should. Yeah, he's dude. He's seven three, and you could match him up against freaking Pat Beverly. Yeah. and he's not going to take him into the post. And I, I felt like just, Boban was more effective, honestly, in the minutes he played. He was the only guy that was in the plus on the plus minus last night for the Mavs, Boban. which is what a guy. I mean, it's a gimmick, right? But like, it's he's yeah. he's. Like he knows how to impose his size. I, I just don't understand. It's an inch taller mm-hmm. than Porzingis. 
<laughs> it's dumb. It's but so stupid. Porzingis just isn't strong. I don't know. I thought he was going to get bigger, and it looked like he was at one point, and I just feel like he kind of gave up. That injury, he just, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how his career goes on from here if the Mavs try and get off him. I don't know. Last point. I mean, he's getting paid so much money. He is, yeah, and that's the thing. He's still on the books for about two or three years, and I just still think, I've said this all season too, they need to capitalize on Luka's rookie deal while they can and pair him up with one more guy, I think. But I don't know if you saw too, but Luka is actually shooting better from three than he is from the free throw line. Can you believe he that? He can't hit a free he throw can't. right now. It's, I think it's, it's the shoulder it's thing, be, right? He's never been like a terrific free throw shooter, or not yet at least. He hasn't. He's still shooting about the seventy yeah. percent usually, which is like fine. Mm-hmm. It's like average. It's like he, he's in the thirties in this series, yeah, right? Yeah. After after last night, he was he was like forty percent before, and then he didn't even hit a free throw. I think he went to the line like five Jesus. or six times. He's got to be in so much pain. Oh, absolutely. And I, I just, you know, it's it's a tough thing, right, where you can't really sit him because your team is nothing. Him. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you can see. I just feel like this team, obviously, it lives and dies by Luka. But, I mean, even, like, confidence-wise, like, your role players just don't look like they go back to being, like, their their former selves in a way. Like, Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. turns into Tim Hardaway Jr. when Luka isn't feeling it. Yeah. So, it's, um, it's crazy. Crazy. Hey, he's, I mean, Luca, LeBron, the Harden, those are guys who we've seen that can just really control the floor. They control every aspect of the game that they're in, and so that injury will be, uh, sucks, but I do think Luca's going to fight like hell, and we'll, I think we're getting a game seven in this series. I feel like, too. I, just, I think the Clippers aren't going to be able to finish it up when they need to, is, is the one thing. The Clippers will have one more, like, Clippers-y performance I agree. where it's like... It's going to be close. Do they fucking care? Yeah. And then... Who knows what happens in Game 7, so we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, let's go to the other team in L.A., Lakers-Suns. So, Suns would get Game 1. Lakers take the next two. Little CP3 injury worries you're, we're hearing about like we do every year. LeBron is trolling on the the post-up on Jay Crowder. Andre Drummond's laughing. It looks like, I mean, we're talking about how the Clippers can't rip the heart out, rip the heart out of someone. Mm-hmm. The Lakers were doing that in Game 3. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, I, like they 100%. were openly mocking yeah. the Suns. And shout out to the Suns, to Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. They win game four. We're tied up 2-2, going back to Phoenix. Um, this is is probably my favorite series to watch yeah. so far. Um, I think as far as competitive and, level, it's got to be it's got to be number one as far as just like what you yeah. see on a game to game basis. Every game has been pretty mm-hmm. close. I think the the lead shifted pretty often too. I'd have to look at the stats on that though. But yeah, sorry, go on. Mm-hmm. I just and it, this uh, whole like not rivalry, but this matchup of a team led by LeBron versus a team led yeah. by CP3. I mean, these CP3 is throwing everything he has at this, and it's weird. I'm rooting for CP3. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that in my life. But um, I think the biggest thing for the Suns, though, and I do think that the Suns could win this series. Depends on the Davis groin injury. Yeah. What we've seen from DeAndre Ayton. Yes. I know this. it's not like he's putting up 30. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But the consistency of him getting at least 15, 16 points a game, he's going to get you 10 to 15 rebounds, and he's going to defend the rim. And coming out of college, we he had all the – you look at him and you're like, okay, this guy could be a legit dominant defender. And we did not see that. We start to see it now. I mean, even the improvement of this guy, Josh, in the last like three to yeah. four months – 100% Because earlier in the season, it wasn't that great. And uh, I think that that just really 
that the emergence of Aiton makes it possible in my head for the Suns to beat the Lakers. Whereas going into the series, I was like, it might be close, but I just don't think anyone can hang with the Lakers when they're healthy. And obviously Davis uh, goes down with the groin injury. What's your thoughts on the out, like the future of this series? And do we think Davis is going to play again? And can we just call him soft? <laughs> he's so soft. Yeah, I. It's it's really hard to root for Davis, right? When he's he's consistently getting hurt, <laughs> tripping, falling down. For a guy that's like seven foot, it's just he it's, looks like he breaks his leg like four times. I a know game. it's 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 devastating. I think as well to see that, but maybe I don't know. Maybe it's Hollywood. Maybe he's playing into theatrics and, and the drama of it all. Maybe, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think Aiden is the most surprising player I think of this whole playoffs I think like without a doubt mm-hmm. I just didn't expect to see this level I, I literally I thought he was going to get played off the court with with the Lakers size and and, and Anthony Davis especially because this is not an easy match not at all him. no and at he's all. destroyed Andre Drummond I don't know why Andre yeah, Drummond's still getting that. minutes he's he's destroyed him he pushed him down like five times in in the last game and it was fucking I don't think I've insane. seen DeAndre Drummond score a point that was not a lob. I, it's terrible. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why they're bothering with with him. I honestly, seriously, I, I don't love Harrell in this series either. But I would go Gasol and Harrell. Like just just stick with those guys. Gasol, yeah, Gasol. I feel like has been very good for them. And I mean, just Gasol is just so consistent. Yeah. And again, like we're talking about, why did the Clippers trade for Rondo? When I'm watching these Drummond minutes, yeah. I'm just, why did you go sign Gasol then? I know because. Marcus Gasol, like, yeah, he's old, but he's still a great defender. I mean, he still guards Jokic really yeah. well, for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah, he's the best and defender, he's I think, out there. dependable, the and I through. think he he's by far the best option, I think, for them to run at five if Anthony Davis is, definitely one, going to be injured, and two, still want to be a four, which still makes no sense to me. There, I think they let Anthony Davis be a four. They're going to make him. Understand. They're going to make him play a five if this series gets into. That's literally like that's their pocket ace. Basically, they can pull out still, and it's still going to be effective. He just had a terrible game one, but he finished the game as the center in these last couple of games that he was healthy. Can he and, even take the wear and tear though? <laughs> that's that's a good question. Um, maybe not against Aiden. Maybe he's going to get roughed up a little too much, which is crazy to say. Yeah. But I mean. Yes, I think we do see Davis back, um, and I think that's going to be a narrative because I don't think LeBron is completely healthy either, but I think that's also mm-hmm. another narrative that we're going to do. But, I mean, this whole series is just like – it. I'm glad it kind of came out this way. It's a rock fight, and and I that's what I was yeah. hoping for the whole way. And it's and – it's, uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't even mention Chris Paul is – can't even he couldn't even lift his arm above his shoulder in game two and three like i mean he he clearly looks better yeah. last night um, that and what that reminds me of is like look we just talked about uh luca dealing with the injury and stuff and chris paul i don't want to like maybe anthony davis's injury <laughs> is super gnarly but like the dude goes out so easily i don't like i don't know and maybe every injury is different, but a part of me totally thinks like if you gave that injury to Luca or CP3, they'd play. On they're it. not going out in the fourth quarter of a close playoff game. Yeah, yeah. It, and again, could be a freak injury. I could be completely wrong. But Davis is soft, and he's not. He's still a great player, but he doesn't have that. I don't know. He can look like so good, and then sometimes it just looks like, wow, dude, you're so soft. And I, I don't even know. He's such a mind fuck to me. Yeah. He's the biggest mind fuck in the league, and I don't understand. This is a completely off tangent, but I always see these top five lists. Yeah. 
how is Anthony Davis above like Giannis or Harden? It's how? it's because in what world the most dominant moments he has are the most dominant in a big man in in the league. I think easily. W- would you take Davis or Giannis? Giannis, one hundred percent. One hundred. Like no, no. I I don't mean to like defend Davis in the in the respect where he should be above these guys. Because on top of that, I think he needs to be on his own team. Then I think if if you want to be a top five player, you got to be the best player on your own team. And and I don't think Davis is there yet, as far as until LeBron retires or completely regresses there. So I just don't think. And and you have to be successful as well. I think is the other caveat to that as well. So I I yeah I don't necessarily buy uh, you know Davis being effective in the rest of the series if he's going to be hobbled, and I think that might swing it. But I think it's I I hate giving Lakers fans excuses for any series to go out this way. But they've gotten mm-hmm. Caruso's looked incredible, and I and I gotta say like he's he's been he's been fantastic for them. He's been probably their second or third best player in the series. You know, easily besides he's just LeBron. consistent. He is. Clippers could use him. He is. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Someone who gives a shit. I was talking to my friend the other. Sorry, this is a little off topic, but I was talking to my friend about the no difference worries. between Beverly and Alex Caruso, and um, I I because I was like they're both you know the hardest working dudes on their team. I'd say to get where they are at their position, and then he was just like, yeah, but Caruso doesn't talk any shit like that. Is the thing that's why people don't like Beverly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You're right. Like that, yeah. that's what it is." It's that's crazy. why Luca goes after exactly, him. and that's that's uh-huh. been the most humiliating thing. I think is just to be a Beverly defender for all these years, and then just to see him completely, completely destroyed on national television has been just yeah, devastating. It, for just, me. Luca has taken his man card for yeah. sure. Um, looking at the future of the series, though, even with the Davis injury. Even though we've seen such great things from DeAndre Aiden, we're not even mentioning really how great Devin Booker has played yes. and how he's just a walking bucket. I would still be stunned if the Lakers don't win this. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree, right? They're still the favorite. I just don't think LeBron's going to let this happen. I don't think so either. We're going to see a completely different LeBron, I think, game four. If if this is if he wants to win this series, which I'm assuming he does, he's going he's gonna to come out and completely take over, I think. Because like, we still yeah. haven't we had see, like, that a, performance yet. A forty-five triple double, a forty-five point triple yeah. double from LeBron. I could see and it. Just he dominates the whole game. Yeah, um, Bridges is the only one and, that I've been impressed with guarding him so far. And and even then, like I, I think he's a little too small. Yeah. That once once LeBron tries to play bully ball against him, I think it's it might be over there. Mm-hmm. And even though LeBron does like always beat Jay Crowder, <laughs> you gotta love Crowder just how he always fights and he's in that I mean the heat clearly missed him yeah 100 let's just go right yeah to that. great transition Bucks heat Bucks <laughs> thank you Bucks heat Bucks sweep the heat the heat obviously beat the Bucks mm-hmm. last year in the playoffs this is some revenge um I'll start it with this this is a completely different Bucks team than last year we all need to notice that Drew Holiday is elite 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 um I would also argue that a guy who I've given a lot of shit in the past Chris Middleton great kind of stepped up not i mean he's just he's brought in that consistency yeah. we saw in the past two regular seasons to the playoffs so far and then i mentioned those two guys are the best player on their team is Giannis, obviously and he the two-time reigning mvp i think took a leap this year and um, it's weird he like took a leap by not taking a leap in a weird way yeah is is the craziest thing just mentally i feel like he's just on another level like he doesn't really need to prove mm-hmm. himself in a way but yeah go yeah, on absolutely um well, what I'm just thinking with this this Bucks Heat team is the Bucks weren't even playing like they swept the Heat. To me, the Bucks didn't even like it wasn't like they were shooting out of their minds. They just completely dominated them. They didn't have like 
crazy fucking performances. They just owned them pretty much, and I think that that was a huge monkey off their back. That's... That Bucks team, I think, has been similar to this Clippers team, how they kind of have these demons in the playoffs. This Bucks team, the last two years, going in as the number one seed, the MV- having the MVP and losing, I think that uh, this year, if they're able to beat the Heat, the Nets, the 76ers go to the finals, it would be incredible. Um, let me get your thoughts on the Heat before yeah. I ask you the next question. What, what do you think? Is the Heat, I mean, oh, they're the still set up. kind of a fluke? No. Okay. I, I No, I think they're still I, set I don't up think for- that. I'm just... Sure, sure. No, I understand. Um, I, I think they're still set up really well. I think it was a really weird si- season for them. And honestly, in a weird way, I, I do think the Bucks were probably the worst matchup for this Heat team on top of that. I mean, I mean, like we were talking all the entire uh, lead up about how bad it was for the Bucks to get the Heat round one. But I think it was equally as bad for the Heat to get the Bucks type thing, too, on top of that. So it's, it's uh, a bad matchup for them. Jimmy Butler seems to be something wrong with him just something's just not right with him i'm not entirely sure what's going on with that yeah he did not play well Mm-mm. you know you know who well. outscored uh, yeah. yeah what's his name Bryn forbes Bryn, Bryn forbes outscored tough. jimmy butler in the series which is just and, insane and it is it is important though because we do give paul george shit we've given other people shit yeah. in the past jimmy butler should get some shit for these playoffs i like jimmy butler i put him on my fucking first team all nba this year you did that looks stupid <laughs> i mean he, I'm not going to say Jimmy Butler is not a competitor. He obviously is. He has proven to me that he's a very good NBA player, elite, not top five. But he, this was bad. This was a bad Absolutely. performance by him. To not get a game, when you're that level of player, there's got to be a point where you're just, you got to kind of go, fuck this. I'm taking this game over. And we didn't see that from him. He just, yeah. We did not see that. He lost his three point shot a little bit this season. He's never been a great three point shooter either, but like this season mm-hmm. especially was one of his weakest uh, outings from deep. Um, I think this is, this is more on the shoulders of like the role guys, though. Bam hasn't been great all season, series, series, season. He's been fantastic, though. Um, he had a tough series. He had a tough series. I mean, it's a lot of size for him to deal with, and I think they might have figured him out a little bit. Uh, how about Brooke Lopez, though? The resurgence of Brooke Lopez and is a, Brooke as Lopez. a post and paint scorer, which has been really fun. I love it. Which Back to the Brooklyn Nets days. It's going to be a tool for them. Absolutely. they're gonna, But it, it, in against the Nets, I think they're going to be able to abuse that, too, potentially. Absolutely. That size is going to be deadly, hopefully. Um, but I think it's really on Tyler Hero is clearly taking a step back. Andre Iguodala is a year. Yeah, he's had a tough year. Yeah, Iguodala is a year Robinson older. Too. Ariza is like thirty six on his like sixteen. Ariza, yeah. Can I yeah. just quick side? Yeah, go for it. Fuck Trevor Ariza. <laughs> I'm so sick of this guy. He, I don't know. He was never that good. He's always been a constant disappointment. He was supposed to be this great three and D. He's always, in my opinion, underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. He talks a bunch of shit, and it's just like, dude, Trevor Ariza. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no one cares. Like, you, you've you been in the league for the last 10 years, and it's never mattered. Mm. Like, I don't know. He's just – I'll just end Does it with this. I think Trevor Ariza is a massive piece of shit. <laughs> Doesn't he have a ring? You didn't expect that today. Doesn't he have a ring? Yeah, well, he was too? on the fuck. He was with Kobe. Yeah, that's insane. In LA. Isn't that, that – that might be, like, the weirdest ring to me in general, just as far as, like, a player that's been on – I'd have to look at the number. I think it's like 14 or 15 teams. So half the league he's almost played for, basically. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a reason he's, why he's on half the team. No no team wants to keep him around for the X amount of years. 
he basically all he accomplished was he was like on those Lakers teams and then was replaced by Meta World Peace. Yeah. And basically he's acted like a vet ever since then. <laughs> it's like, dude, who who are you? No one gives a fuck about you, Trevor Ariza. And I don't another thing I don't understand is like these like House of Highlights, those accounts. Why do we keep like talking about Trevor Ariza? <laughs> like I never want to see him. Like it's just the randomest thing. It's like they're acting like he's some like OG and it's like no, he's Trevor fucking Ariza. It doesn't matter. He's like if you were to give him a card in 2K for his career of like an average his rating, he'd be like a 72. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, you're right. So, I don't he know. He's never That's over an 80. Side note. Like I don't think at any point. <laughs> yeah. Also, another thing. How like is it I don't know. I don't know how it is allowed in not like people don't get roasted for this. If you're an NBA player and you're on the bench and someone shoots a three in front of you mm. and you jump up and yell in their ear, that's the like most pathetic thing of all time. 100%. In in like every level of basketball growing up, it's like don't do that shit. That's bush league. That's bullshit. And you have these grown men who are doing it and it's just like I don't know. I think honestly if they do that, you should be allowed to turn around and punch one of them in the face. Hey, Marcus Morris got a he got a technical for doing finger guns <laughs> to that to the bench when he finally hit a oh, three. The other thing, <laughs> did the league get even like ten times softer just this season? What are these calls? There's been so many technicals. I I, I haven't seen like as many flagrants and technicals in like the first round of playoffs that, that I can remember. And can we also recognize this is when the Lakers. The way they were talking about that Devin Booker foul, like, oh, yeah. my God, that was yeah. so dangerous, all this stuff. What? That's like a regular foul to me. It's a frustrating – like, it's just – I don't know. I it's a it's flagrant, so but I don't think – yeah, I don't I don't think it should be like – yeah, I, I don't think, like, safety was was really at all. Anthony Davis there. has the balls to say, like, oh, that was a Bush League move. Anthony Davis, there's literally video of you jumping up to shoot a shot, and you kick a dude in the straight in the nuts. There's no way, like, that's not exactly what you just did. It, so oh let's go through some of the rest of these yeah. series really quick before we wrap up. Um, Knicks and Hawks, Josh. Uh, wow, Trey Young likes to talk shit. <laughs> I'm not a Trey Young fan, but I got to be I gotta be impressed by this. He's, yeah. he's having a great run. Absolutely. Um, His first playoff series, and it seems to be getting to, like, everybody else. Like, Julius Randle, that's the story, right? It's his first playoff series. It's Trey Young's mm-hmm. as well. And he's fucking killing it. And he's great. killing it. I think Bogdanovic has been fantastic. Great. Do you ever just casually think of like, holy shit, if he was on the Bucks? I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. Oh my! With God. him and Drew Holiday, he you have him replace that Dante. I think Dante Divincenzo was in that deal actually for Bogdanovic, so you don't even get him. You don't get Brent mm-hmm. Forbes probably. I'd imagine, but like, that's yeah. No, I one hundred percent like that would. I think honestly, Bogdanovic would make them the clear-cut favor favorites in, in my opinion they got him yeah what a what a um, massive screw up for the bucks terrible oh massive um let's quickly talk about this Knicks hawks though uh you mentioned julius randall my god he has been disappointing yeah like my god it's kind of a classic tibbs team though <laughs> it just goes all out in the regular season and doesn't bring it to that next level in the playoffs i think um i mean i think the hawks win probably the next game. Yeah, I, I think the Hawks win. I, I kind of think so, too. I think maybe the Knicks have maybe one more game in them, but I don't see it going past six. I don't see it. Derek, I will say, though, Derek Rose, 
yeah. fucking and Taj incredible. Gibson. Incredible, both of them just completely turning back the clock and just vintage yeah. shit right there. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's really like that's all they've had. Yeah. And besides that, like what was it? Alec Burke's game one or Trey Burke? I always get them mixed up, and I think it's Alec. I because I think Trey Burke was on the Mavs last year. I don't know where Trey Burke is right now, actually. But I I'll look that Everyone. up for sure. But yeah, okay. it's insane. What did he have? Twenty eight points. That's the only reason they almost. It is Alec, by the way. Yeah, yeah. and they, okay. they almost won that game, and it's still fucking just terrible yeah. it's great to see new york um, basketball again though i will say just i know MSG, the garden rock and incredible very funny tracy morgan incredible there. um another series okay so this series is like definitely gonna go seven games nuggets blazers but is this the worst like thing you've ever watched that's like, i was gonna say every that. game a 40 point game it's it sucks i think it's the hardest a series to really glean anything from like each game i think i've come through with like a different takeaway of like oh this is the nuggets have this wrapped up or the blazers they beat them yeah destroyed them game one and Jokic had 50 or whatever it's it's i i don't i don't know what to make of this i the way i see it i hope at least my impression is that they're still just kind of feeling each other out still they're throwing they're yeah. you know they're just kind of throwing like survey punches in a way and just trying to like feel the other person out and then I think there's going to be a dogfight. One of these games is going to be a dogfight. It's going to be one of those like triple overtime games that they had. Like, yeah. What two I mean, years yeah, it ago? Could be game seven. Yeah. Could be. Could be game seven. Could be. What do you? Who are you backing then? You got the probably the likely MVP this year, Nikola Jokic. You got Dame time, Dame Dalla, Dame Damian Lillard on the Blazers in a big game seven. He's obviously a big game player. I bet I would back uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. I... <sighs> I think that's a smart option, right? Because I just don't think anyone can guard him on the Blazers, really. Nurkic has done a pretty okay job and been good enough, mm-hmm. but they really have no one, no answer if Nurkic is, gets into foul trouble again, which he has like two of the four games so far. So I just have, have we re- mm-hmm. really quick about Nurkic. So he and Jokic drafted by the Nuggets in the same year, correct? Yes. Nurkic first round, Jokic second rounder. M- Nikola Jokic is his father. Like, how deflating has that got to be to Nurkic? Like, Jokic eats him alive. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most, like, I, I bet it gives Jokic, like, some satisfaction to do that to Nurkic. But, I mean, Jokic just destroys Nurkic. More so than I feel like other people. Like, he just goes for the throat with him and kills him. And he makes Nurkic literally look useless at times on mm-hmm. the floor. Yeah, and then give Canner more minutes too. That yeah, always works. I know. That's Dumbasses. that's terrible. They had to like go in. I think when uh, Nurkic should foul out, I think it was game two or three. Uh, they had to go in with fucking Covington and Carmelo playing the four and the five. Oh, and it's just it's it's rough. That's it's just not good at that point. Um, I so that's what. I, so to finish that off though, I'd say I the smart money and the smart bets are on Jokic. But my heart says Blazers. I, I I just I just think Dame is too fucking good, and he just hasn't slowed down at all either. McCollum's gonna get yeah. going too. He's had some good games, and and Nurkic has been fantastic too. Carmelo has probably got another twenty point outing in him too. And mm-hmm. I, Nurkic, like I said, I think Nurkic has been huge for the for the Blazers. He's he's been great just on the glass at the very least. Yeah. It's an imposing Jokic, presence though, to just... some degree. But yes, yes. They they missed him last year. For sure. They did. They missed sure. Nurkic last year a lot. Um, the last thing on the series for me is just, I think the reason is it's so boring is because the the strength, so like 
Denver's strength is giving it to Jokic. High post, block, he can do it all. Portland, that's their biggest weakness. Yes. Is, like, dominant big guys. On the other hand, you look at Denver's weaknesses. They are not. They don't have two great defensive guards. And they're going against – that's Portland's biggest yep, strength probably the, with Lillard and One McCollum. of the best backcourts. So, yeah. we could literally – you could tell me, Josh, that we're getting a game seven – and in that game seven, both Lillard and Jokic put up over fifty. I know that. I feel like that's coming, which I want. It's coming. This this series is like it's like kind of teasing us with that. Like yeah. this could happen, but then it's just like oh, it's another thirty-five point game. It's gonna happen. So it's one of these games is just gonna be a complete rock fight. It, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's just everyone throwing everything at the walls. It's just as soon as I just feel like they they've been kind of coasting a lot of these games because it's been decided by the third or the fourth quarter for most of these games. So it's just yeah, it's absolutely. We need we need one of those games where it's like okay, we're it's it's a close game now. Don't pull any punches. Playoff this basketball. Is it. This is yeah. It. Um, next thing I wanted to ask you. I mean, the Nets are taking care of business versus the Celtics. Um, what a weird season for the Celtics team. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we've talked about the Nets, the Nets, Bucks. I think that potential matchup could be like basically the finals yeah i would i'd argue those are probably the two best teams in the league i think so Um, too if you're the celtics though really quickly and you're looking at yourself in the mirror after this season what what are we taking from it i mean you're sure as hell not trading tatum or brown obviously no i don't think you can trade kemba because who wants that contract is he the most untradeable guy in the league you think because the only other guy I think that's on that level is maybe Porzingis. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, going to say. is right now. Because even Westbrook, I feel like, maybe John Wall, I guess, because he's got like a year left, John I Wall. think. So it's like yeah. those three Kevin guys. Love. Kevin Love is such a weird scenario. I, I don't even want to fucking fathom what the I don't Cavs know what the are going to do. I have no, no clue at all what's going on there. But, but honestly, maybe a Porzingis for Kemba swap. I, I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. I don't fucking know. That would, that would be, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think one of – I mean, I, I don't think Marcus Smart is going to be there next year. I don't think so either. Because he's like the only guy you could trade. Yeah, and he's of any value. the longest tenured Celtic, too, on top of that. He's the hardest soul of the team almost, see, basically. It's like trading Draymond. Basically, right? For a Warriors yeah. fan. Yeah, except Draymond has three rings. And he's um, much better than Marcus Smart's ever yeah. been. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I think Marcus Smart has that lovability amongst the fans. Um, other series, Grizzlies, Jazz. Weird shit with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, so, I don't so know. So, like, him dealing with his own doctors and doing his own rehab, getting really mad at the team for not letting him play game one. They He's coming in, and they're kind of managing his minutes. He's making big plays. I think that the Jazz will wrap up this series. I think that the Grizzlies have been a fun story. I think John Morant's legit. I think Jonas Valanciunas is maybe the most underrated player in the league. But Donovan, this isn't even about this series. It's just every time I see Donovan Mitchell do something, over under th- two or three years till he requests to trade out of Utah. He's not going to play in Utah. He's going to New York or L.A., don't you see that? He totally seems like he's too big just, time of a player. He kind of not. This isn't the right word, but like like a star fucker. But he's not like you know what I mean. He just yes. wants to be in yeah. the spotlight. 
I think it's really, it's dependent entirely. I mean, this is kind of a cop-out answer, but it's entirely dependent, I think, on this playoff performance. Because if they get, if they, I expect them to win this round, of course, against the Grizzlies. Yeah. They've been feistier than I think I anticipated even, but I expect them to take care of business. However, if they get, if they get knocked out round two, I don't know what this team does from here. They've kind of hit a wall in a, in a lot of cases. Like, this is really the best-case scenario for all things going. And I don't think Mitchell is the first guy to go. I think they still try to make it work for a year or two, maybe, especially since well, they'll just... do everything in their power Absolutely. to keep Mitchell. I, I, I see Absolutely. him more as, like, a, a future, like, an Anthony Davis-type situation. Absolutely. I, 100%. I, I agree with you. I just think that Gobert and Conley both, they're they're – kind of they're on the wrong side of you know their ages because Gobert is yeah. older than I think a lot of people think he's like 30 31 I want to say which mm-hmm. which isn't old necessarily but it's, it's getting there for a guy for a big for a big and yeah. considering Mitchell's only 24 I think he is so it's yeah. just this team might implode eventually just with the nature of things and it, Bogdanovich also is also up there in age as well I believe so I think eventually it's just going to be the natural course of things where it's just going to be need an adjustment or whatever. Cause I don't, yeah. I don't think this Utah, I think we both agree this Utah team isn't a title team and I don't no. And I think this is the ceiling of this Utah team. What we've seen this season. Yeah. What I was about to say is I, so they play the winner. If they beat the Grizzlies, they'll play the winner of Nuggets Blazers, right? No, no Clippers, Clippers maps. Is that the four or five? Yeah. Yeah. It's the four or five. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, I was going to say if they play the Nuggets, they'll lose. If they play the Blazers, they have a shot. They will lose to the Clippers or the Mavs. I think so, too, especially if Luka – that's assuming, I guess – If the Mavs beat the Clippers. That's what I'm saying. They can beat the – That's what know, I like, – exactly. And and that's assuming Luka must have figured it out with, with, with his injury and everything. And I just feel yeah. like if you get this Mavs team against any other team, I, I think it's – as what they played in games one and two, yeah, I, I think they, they can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. They're, they're as good as anybody in the league. Um, yeah, and Luka's that guy. I mean, shout out to we, – we skipped over this with the Celtics. Yeah. Shout out to Jason Tatum for that 50 100%. 100%. But when you got a guy like Luka, yeah. you're always in it. You are. You're always in it, my friend, because yeah. he could score 60. And so that's just uh, – that that's my thoughts. I think the Jazz, though, will take care of business, and I agree with you that the Jazz, this isn't a title team. It's a good, fun team. And I think regular season records this year are deceiving, mm-hmm. considering all the other stuff that's going on. I mean, f- the Bucks um, fucking were experimenting <laughs> in this regular season. Yeah, the, the whole year. The whole year. They were trying to figure out what they were doing, because they realized, they're like... The Knicks were the fucking four seed. The four seed. That's yeah. how, like... You know? It's a terrible um, roster, but good good on the Knicks, of course. It's still, yeah. still insanely um, impressive. I wanted to talk to you about 76ers Wizards to wrap up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Sixers are going to sweep them. Yeah. This isn't close. 100%. The Wizards suck. I I think I you saw him. I tweeted, basically, in the first couple games going up to the series, Bradley Beal was talking, like, a ton of shit to Joel Embiid. Bradley Beal kind of, for some reason, I think he was acting like he was some sort of, like, OG, like this really proven, like, respect me, I'm Bradley Beal. And so I tweeted, basically, that Bradley Beal – has won two playoff series in his entire career. Yeah. And he averaged like 15 in one of them. Yeah. And 16 in the other. Yeah, just before he was so, even Bradley Beal. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, if you're talking about comparing like who's the bigger star, Joel, Bradley, it's not even fucking close. No. Like Joel is on a different stri- like stratosphere of Bradley Beal. And so it's been great to watch Joel just give it to them. 
He's so good. He's everything we thought he could be when he came into the league. And knock on wood, we keep not having to deal with injuries, but god damn. He is we're talking about Luca. I think we both kind of agreed Nets uh Milwaukee is probably the two best teams. Yeah. The thing with Embiid though, that dude he could take over no one in the league can guard Joel Embiid. You're right. Like, who's the best guy to throw at Joel Embiid? Giannis. It's not Rudy Gobert. I think it's Giannis. I guess it's. That's, yeah, that's I my, would say my best guess. I would have maybe contended Bam earlier, but Bam kind of got exposed a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Bucks just quickly go back to that. Mm-hmm. The Bucks like they knew every little thing that he were gonna do. Yeah, they like the way Bam surprised him last year and kind of messed him up. They had an answer for absolutely everything, which is what you want to see. I like that they experimented during this season. I, I like that they did all that stuff. Um, I, I've been Bucks, insanely impressed, obviously, by the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's end it on this. We'll be back in like a couple days to keep going through this stuff. But uh, sorry for the week off. Um, but <laughs> I think the Bucks are going to win it all. That would be my pick right now. I just think that they just still to get through the Nets is going to be insane. I mean, I didn't even talk Holiday. To, I think it's just Holiday. Him shutting one of them down. If he can do that, if he can do that, we can we can talk. I guess about that. I I, I want to see one game of them. But Giannis is going to go. What crazy. a great second round. Series, I know. Bro. I know. I know. It's it's probably honestly. I think on paper it's going to be the best series in this whole playoffs. Hopefully. Yeah. Um. But. I, I just think that uh, the Nets combined for 104, their big three, yesterday. And oh Harden had God. 18 assists. He was 22 and 18. Like, they're so yeah. fucking good. I just don't even know if it matters anymore. Like, it, no matter what you put up against them. They don't look amazing. They don't look perfect yet. But they could hit mm. that. And, and like, that that's yeah. the craziest thing. Is I still feel like they haven't they haven't peaked yet, this Nets team. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's we were talking terrifying. about how Luca can win you any game, and they have three guys who can do that. And bring back to Philly real quick too is what a fucking cakewalk. The fact they get to avoid both teams. That's why I still am very optimistic about about the Sixers' chances too. Oh yeah, because they're gonna eat the Hawks. Absolutely. Like they're, they're, I don't. Trey Young gonna is gonna be fucking be all hyped after the series, and then it'll be like meet Matthias Thibel and Ben Simmons. <laughs> they're really fun to play against. Like not defensively, bro. Like they're gonna eat him. Yeah, because um, that's part of the reason the Knicks just don't have the perimeter defense to shut down these guys. But <laughs> Philly, Philly does. Philly does. Philly does. Does uh, let's close it with this question. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that this Nets Bucks series is going six or seven. It's competitive. Sure. Do the Nets throw out KD on Giannis? Yes. Yes. They need I don't think they would do it in the regular season or anything, maybe not even the first game or two. But isn't that the move? They need to because Blake Griffin, he's going to destroy Blake Griffin. Like and he already has. Yeah. He already has Giannis. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to happen and vice versa. Uh Giannis on KD, it's going to it's going to happen and it's God, that's going to be so electric. I don't know when it, they're going to do it. They could go as early as game two, honestly, I, I think. I, I Maybe a little bit of game one, but, yeah, it's it's going to happen. Yeah. It's That's their, that's the only way, I think, that you can really slow down Giannis potentially is the thing. You just make him use all his yeah. effort on defense, too, on top of that. Yeah, you, I mean, you want to – if you're playing the Bucks, you want Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday to beat you. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's what you do. And hopefully you but, can play Brooke Lopez off the floor, which I'm assuming – the, the Nets will be able to do pretty handedly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the other thing, though, is, like, uh, if Blake can 
stay mobile and keep playing like he kind of has, that's the key for keeping Brook Lopez off the court. Because if Blake is sluggish and just staying there, that's where you can hide him. Yeah. But so we'll see. Um, I think great the, talk as always. Yeah, Josh. the size is crucial. Is, sorry, just to finish yeah. that on on that series. Oh, That's no going to be how they're going to win this series. It's just overwhelming size. Go on though. Yeah, and so it's going to be a dogfight. I cannot wait. Um, this has been the NBA section of episode 100 of the Pineapple Couch. Stay tuned. Got a little Marvel with Peter Gonzalez coming up. Uh, Josh, always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, of course, happy to be back at it, and I'll talk to you later this week. Yeah, hopefully the Clippers are still in the playoffs. When <laughs> Fingers fucking crossed. Jesus yeah, geez. Christ. Dude. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah. See ya. All right. Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. I'm joined by Peter Gonzalez. And as usual, we will be talking about the latest things in Marvel. A little more free-flowing today, but we're going to start with the Eternals. But first... Peter, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm excited to once again talk Marvel. It's always the highlight of the week. It is. And next week, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't we Loki next week? Or is that the following week? So it's the following week it comes out, but we're talking Loki next week. Okay. Well, that's just as good as an episode hearing us talk about it, I'm sure. Um, So for today, like I said, Peter, a little more free-flowing. I want to just talk about what's coming in the MCU and what our expectations might be. Um, and first, I want to start with Eternals because we got that trailer this week that got 77 million views in a day, which yes, is it's, an insane amount of views. Um, it's pretty interesting that it's larger. So it's larger than WandaVision, larger than Black Widow, not larger than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But I did read they had the Super Bowl boost. Yeah. So their numbers are naturally inflated because of the Super Bowl boost. But 77 million for uh the eternals i think yeah. because people don't know what to expect yeah i I think it's it's crazy that the a movie and characters as unknown as the eternals have 77 million people watching the trailer and then i took a step back and i was like who's in this movie and you're like oh it's angelina jolie kit harrington richard madden kumar nagiani isn't that how you say his last name i, I will you got never the get first it right. Name right i think that's the last name you might have lost but but, you know, I'll take one for two there. But a lot of big actors in this movie. Um, let's talk a little bit about, like, what we saw in the trailer. So the Eternals, basically, Peter. The premise of this is they've been around for forever. So the Celestials, you remember Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Ego, Peter Quill's dad. He is a Celestial. They're basically, like, these giant planets. They can do crazy stuff. They're incredibly powerful. And what they did is they created... Um, the Eternals and the Deviants. And basically the Deviants, Thanos is part Deviant, but basically over time the the Eternals and the Deviants have always fought um, over select planets, but they don't really, um, the Eternals don't really intervene with what's going on with like the people, the average, like the Avengers, that sort of thing. The Eternals are really confusing. So I know that what I just said was very confusing, but try to ride with me on that. Um, And basically Peter... It is said in this trailer how it's shown how they're over the history of time. They've been around, but also that they've never intervened until now. And this is not because Thanos snapped. This is confirmed to be after that. So Thanos' snap is not the is not the cause, but it could be um, related to that in some way. Off the in the a shot in the dark, Peter. What do you think? 
could possibly be this event or problem that causes the Eternals to come to the forefront? That is a million dollar question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. could it be? I mean, does everything go, does does every road lead back to Wanda and breaking the multiverse? Is that what ultimately leads? That's a good point. But also, is it going to be Wanda, or did Peter also do something that helped wreck the universe? Multiverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My thing quickly, like I keep seeing that rumor of like how Peter Parker is going to be one that also messes up the multiverse. I don't really understand how he could, to be honest. Because it's like he can't really like do any of that magic and reality bending. What I've always interpreted or thought is I feel like Doctor Strange is going to mess it up helping Peter. I like it's how I mean, I guess he could go into different realities and do stuff that changes it. But I just don't get how because Spider-Man's so low level, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I also feel like Spider-Man has where he could be like motivated by in order to right some wrong. And mm-hmm. the, the, as we saw with Mysterio, it's like the bad guy can sort of manipulate him in a sense to yep. think he's doing the right thing. And ultimately, he screws it up and then has to kind of bring it back. So maybe something happens and No Way Home, maybe Green Goblin offers him a way to fix it. And even though it goes against maybe what Doctor Strange says, mm-hmm. and then that leads to chaos. That could definitely so I do think be it's it. Very, very interesting that... They, the Eternals have not intervened up until this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you we got to presume like whatever they're intervening with is a big problem. And so let me throw this theory at you, Peter. I feel like the only reason the Eternals will be intervening is because another Eternal, or maybe Deviant or, or whatever, started to. So what I think is one Eternal is going to go rogue. That guy who walks with the bowl cut out of the hut in the trailer i don't know his name but him i think he'll probably go bad in a way and that and start messing stuff up and then the eternals are really like the only ones who could do anything so that's when they finally intervene it's to fix their own mistakes and i do believe the character you're referring to is druig if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. which i think is a very it's a very interesting possibility i do think that yeah the whole team isn't it all going to be good? But also, maybe throwing this out there for our conversation last week, what if Galacticus is our... No, Galactus? hmm That could be huge. That, our um, cause of... He feels like a Thanos. So maybe they tease him in this, and it builds up. Um, another thing I was thinking about, and this could be completely wrong, but Namor has been around for forever. The Atlanteans have been around for forever. It's basically Marvel's Aquaman, if you're not familiar. What if Namor and the Atlanteans suddenly get active for the first time in a while and maybe invade Wakanda like they do in the comics, stuff like that? Maybe that causes the Eternals to jump in because a a young Namor would have probably met the Eternals. And I think they cast a young Namor in it, but I'm not 100% sure. Interesting. That would be an interesting perspective. And actually, what just came to mind is completely total other flip perspective on this. So what? So the trailer obviously implies that Cersei and Icarus have had a love story throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. So what if what kind of also sparks this whole conflict or whatever is that Cersei has fallen for Dane Whitman? Mm-hmm. My boy Jon Snow, Kit Harrington. Let's go. 
and then that causes some of the rift that's causing them to something I think, is up there. I think that will definitely play a part. Um, uh, one other thing, just somewhat related, is I do feel like so for me, I am excited for the Eternals, but the most by far, not even close, the thing I'm most excited for in Eternals is to see Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington play the Black Knight and have a sword and kill some people like Jon Snow. I think that'll think be a post- that, No. I think it'll be a post-credit scene where he gets the sword. Don't you? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be... I don't think they're going to... They can't reveal too much in this movie because as mm-hmm. it is, it's a very complicated movie. It's also being filmed very differently than a traditional Marvel movie. It's yep. got Academy Award winner director Chloe, so it's like... It's, it's a different vibe. It's a different... It's a lot more practical sets mm-hmm. than actual, you know, green screen. So I think... It is this whole other world building that exists within the MCU. Yeah, and there are a ton of rumors out there that seem to be corroborated by some pretty good sources saying that the Eternals 2 is already in production. Like, they're working. That script is almost done. Like, this is going to be something that they go back to, which makes a ton of sense. It seems like they're going to be big characters. And Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, he (laughs) is an Avenger in the comics. He does come over, and so does Cersei. So that could be very exciting. Um, as from a broad perspective, so like my favorite, the thing I'm most excited for is the Black Knight. What are you the most excited for in Eternals? I think for me, what's exciting is that there is that kind of non-expectation expectation Mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we haven't had in a very long time where it's like, this is like the feeling before Avengers where you're seeing this new team come together and you're seeing stories that are being built so I'm really excited to see that. And this cast is just so stacked. I mean, and also yeah. the fact that we, again, example, Gemma Chan, who was previously in Captain Marvel, has been brought into this new role here to really play this very pivotal character. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting also because we're leading into non, non-practical powers again. These are, these are the Eternals. These aren't like Hawkeye. Yeah. Or these aren't like, you mm-hmm. know, Black Widow. They're different. They've got different levels of power and i think that's really going to play into it and it just seems like a really cool movie from the onset yeah i'll throw i think one thing that's really cool about this movie is how it's going to go through like a lot of years of time obviously like to the dawn of civilization maybe so i will ask you but i'll go before i ask what thing in the past what event would you like to see the Eternals maybe have a hand in? Um, it doesn't have to be what you think is going to happen, but just something cool. Um, I did see in the trailer there was like some sort of volcan- volcanic thing going on. So I do think that that would be cool if there was like the destruction of Pompeii would be cool to see in that. But I also think we're going to see that in Loki, so they might not do that. What do you think? What comes to your mind? For me, it's more of the subtleties. There was this part where I think it's Cersei hands like the knife thing or something to one of the people like to kind of help guide them along with their progression as civilization that for me is what i'm kind of interested how the subtle little pushes in go this direction or go that direction without outright interfering i think that's what i'm curious to see i'm also curious to see because i know in the i think it's the the latest comic run where the eternals have no memory of who they are Mm -hmm. and kind of have to get like realize who they are, which kind of explains why they didn't intervene with that could be good. Yeah. So I think that would be an interesting perspective to have these people. Cause then you get origin story with already built heroes. Cause like, Oh, here's your powers. Here's how it works. And we're all kind of building to it. 
And even just that last scene in the trailer kind of gave a really cool vibe of a family team. Mm -hmm. Can I, uh, like, just completely shatter your brain right now? Go for it. I'm excited. So we see in the history, in the trailer for Eternals, them, like you mentioned, casually helping humanity progress with the knife, whether it be they helped with the wheel. I don't know. I think that the Eternals have intervened in the MCU and helped in little ways before. Because what stood out to me was at the end of that trailer, the family vibe, they talk about the passing of Captain Rogers and Tony Stark and how who's going to protect the Earth. Peter, um, how do you think uh, Tony Stark's dad, I'm blanking on his name, what's Tony Stark's dad? Howard. Howard Stark got that piece of vibranium. I think an Eternal gave it to him. How do you think Dr. Erskine's formula for Captain America was like the only one to ever work and everyone's always tried to replicate it and it hasn't worked? Because an Eternal stepped in. And now that Captain Rogers is gone, the Eternals need to step in because they helped create, essentially, Captain America and Howard Stark, thus creating Iron Man, the two guys that are now gone. The Eternals have intervened before. And what do you, how do you like that? What do you think of that? Yep. Yep. Um, damn it. That's really good. <laughs> that would be, I think, but see, that makes me super hyped and like very excited. And I, it's just, it's like, that would be so cool. Cause then they can visit those spots in the movies and be like, here you go, here you go. Yep. So, wow. There, I, I think that, um, because another thing, too, that, like, Odin has to know about the Eternals. So I wonder if they would show anything about that relationship. Because Odin, I mean, you'd figure he knows what's, he would know that. And I, I think it's safe to say he would have somewhat, like, of an idea of what the Eternals are. And so there's maybe some possible uh, Eternals helping out in Asgard in ways, even though they are gods. I don't know. I think that the Eternals, are, they can make it really fun by connecting it back to the MCU. That's, that's, I'm still, my, my brain is reconstructing itself after that one. Yeah. Just like, no, that would be so cool because like you said, it ties it in so well to things we've seen before. I mean, there were also in the trailer, there was like other instances where there was like symbols that looked like Captain America's shields. And then there was another mm-hmm. thing I saw also. So it, it it's, makes sense. And, you know, what if the reason that, they're having to come back is because Tony and Captain Rogers are gone. Mm-hmm. I also think uh, there it is not a crazy like thing to say that the Eternals could have some involvement in the origins of Wakanda and that vibranium meteor and helping them uh, mine it or use it and show them how to do it. Because if you think about it, Wakanda is just light years and light years and light years ahead of everywhere else. So maybe the Eternals had in the past, maybe help them figure out the vibranium. I don't know. I think there's a lot of ways you could tie them in. Um, That was the Eternals uh, segment. Do you have anything else on this movie before we jump to some other uh, MCU stuff? I'm very excited for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think this movie is going to really kind of, again, what all of the Phase 4 things have done, really bring something new to the MCU while building on the existing structures that we've had. And it really opens up 
for people that are criticized the superhero genre is like, oh, it's the same old story. It's That's the not same anymore. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you can go so many places with these things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, another piece of news. I didn't tell you about this before we recorded because I wanted to see if I could surprise you with it and get your take on it. Um, so Captain America 4, the original plan for that movie was Emily Van Camp, Sharon Carter was going to be the main villain. Unlike you and I, who enjoyed that villain turn of her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, many, many people disagreed. So a recent report came out that she is still going to be somewhat of a villain, but not the main villain of Captain America 4. The villain of Captain America 4 is rumored to be Sin, who is the daughter of the Red Skull. Hmm? Interesting. You did beat me with that one. I did not, I did not see that. That could be really interesting. I, though, however, like, I don't know much about the character of Sin. I obviously like the tie into Red Skull, one of the greatest villains ever. I would have been down for to explore more of that power broker Sharon Carter stuff, and I think we still will. But, I mean, where did Red Skull go after, like, he was basically set free from, because of the Soul Stone? He's technically maybe out there. Maybe he wants revenge. Maybe he's helping his daughter. Um, the Red Skull in the comics is not a one-off like we got in the MCU. He is very much a problem and is very much around. Um, so what, though, would you want – what villains do you, come to your mind when you think, though, of Cap 4? What would you – do you like that route or would you maybe go something else different? I think that's an interesting choice because it's not Steve that's Captain America. And, and Steve obviously has a deeper connection to Red Skull than Sam, which is why I think Sharon made sense as a villain against Sam because of the fact that there's that relationship. There's that relationship. I do wonder if it's going to be a, a way to do another way to do the Thunderbolts in a sense, or have you know Sharon kind of assembling her own group team. to sort of team to take down. Or whatever her end agenda is. Yeah, because be, we have no idea what that really is going forward. We didn't. We get, know she's bad, but we don't know what our plans are. They didn't reveal that to us. And she's also like bad, but she's like infiltrated the good side. So she's like literally a double agent. In, mm-hmm. And they have to explore that. That's huge. And it's like I don't. I mean, I understand because there is that side of the fandom that are very certain things just don't fly with certain people. And I yeah. think that the this character, I thought it was well, I would have been so pissed if it was like the remnants of the Flag Smashers are going to be revived. Ugh. It's just like, no. but that's, that was just PTSD over that one. I think it would be cool too, theoretically, if they maybe threw in a, a mutant. Like maybe uh, we get uh, Cab 4 is him and Bucky taking on Colossus or maybe a juggernaut or something like that, give us more mutants into the MCU. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could even with me, you could have Sam fight Norman Osborn. You could have him fight a lot of, lot of characters, I think. I mean, I think you could even have him and Bucky in Wakanda fighting alongside Okoye and Shuri and M'Baku against the Atlanteans and Namor. I think that would be really cool, but I don't think that would be a cap four. I do. So here's I my was, question for you, though. Yeah. Do you think Cap Four will be a true standalone, or do you think it'll be similar to how you know when we had 
Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, where you did have more people in the traditional Captain America movie. I think Cap 4 will be a standalone. Interesting. I think they'll give uh, Falcon Sam Wilson his standalone Cap story. I do think they'll involve Bucky in a way, and I do think it would be cool. This might be a bad take, but give me um, Anthony Mackie and Tom Holland together as much as possible. That dynamic is great. I would love to have Falcon dealing with problems in New York as full-time Captain America, and he has to deal with Spider-Man helping him out and making all the jokes, and I just think that could be a really cool thing as well. But Spider-Man kind of outshines Falcon Captain America if you do that, so they might they probably wouldn't do that. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about, what are your thoughts on Shang-Chi? Great question. Great question. My so my initial when you said that, what came to mind was I don't know if you so it's supposed to come out this summer, end of summer, September, remember? September. September. So before it comes out, if I'm not mistaken, the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie will come out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you saw the trailer for that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen those movies, but essentially it's same fighting style. It's an uh, it's set in that same world. It's very... We just um, got Mortal Kombat, too. Yeah. So, again, we're having two things that this movie will be compared to inevitably. Yeah. However, I've watched the trailer a couple of times, and it's it just feels like traditional Marvel in a sense. It just mm-hmm. feels like a good time, a good balance of characters. I think... Again, it's also bringing someone new to this to this world, yeah. and someone who wa- and someone who wants to play the role, who's like yeah. super stoked. Which again makes a huge difference when you're watching them on screen. The actors are truly invested in what they're doing; they're not just getting a paycheck. They're yeah. like, "This is fun. This is a good time." And the stunts look sick. And the fact that he, because he doesn't wear a mask, he he is doing the majority of his stunts. Like it's mm-hmm. it lends to the credibility of the movie. I. So I think his name's Simu Lee, right? Yes. I think he's going to be unbelievable. I think he's going to be a perfect Shang-Chi. I'm not too familiar with him, but I think he will provide a great character to root for. Um, And so I think that part of the movie and as well as the fighting scenes are going to be awesome. I'm not going to lie, though. I think that this movie has the biggest chance to be the flop by far. Because I don't think Eternals is going to flop. I don't think Black Widow is going to flop. I know Spider-Man won't. I know Doctor Strange won't. I know Thor won't. This one, if one were to flop, I think it would be this one. And I think it would just be because they may be the storytelling. I, I look at this as like a Ant-Man 2 type of movie. That level is what I'm expecting. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't compare the Ant-Mans to Thors or stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But I think what we will get out of this movie, the best thing, because I don't think it will necessarily be that great, I think it will be Simu Lee as Shang-Chi in the future of the MCU being involved in projects. Because I think he will be electric. I don't know. There's a, have you seen all the stuff about how China's not going to play this movie? Well, they're not going to play Eternals either, apparently, either. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's... that hurts Shang-Chi more because is it, I mean, if I'm wrong, someone correct me. I feel like that movie is more directed towards a, a Chinese audience, an Asian audience, because they're touching on characters that are of that descent. So and I you're think... rebooting the, Ma- the, the Mandalorian. The... 
The Mandarin, yeah. Thank you. I was going to say Mandalorian, but that's a completely other sphere. What a said. twist. What a twist that would <laughs> Plot be. Twist. Um, do you see my point, though, with that? Yeah, and I think it's similar to Captain Marvel. It has that kind of sense of, like, yeah, good point. this is a very specific tonal movie that can either go off really well or go off not the greatest, similarly because just how audiences are in general, the world, how the world still is in general, like, yeah. you know, that exists. And I think it'll be interesting to see what, how it's connected to the bigger picture world of the MCU, where it sort of plays into the storytelling aspect of it. Like, how, mm-hmm. why does this story fit in, similar to Black Widow in a sense also, which is, our, I, it's like, how does this fit into the bigger picture? Yeah, I agree. Um, like I said, guys, a little shorter of an episode today, but I'm about to throw Peter another thing I didn't tell him we're going to do because I want his instant take. Um, we fan-casted for Fantastic Four. We talked about the future of Spider-Man in these movies. Well, what's the other giant property that Marvel has? It's the mutants. It's the X-Men. I want to pose this question to you because I think it's very possible we could see the mutants introduced like one by one, like maybe in Disney Plus or just cameos. But let's say theoretically, Peter, you were given the first X-Men movie in the MCU and you can create a team of four X-Men, not counting Professor X and Magneto. We'll just assume they'll be around. So you get a four-man X-Men team. Who would you, Peter Gonzalez, put on that team? Wow, just this is this is fun. I appreciate this. This is this is okay. Okay. Who would I put on this team? I think my immediate gut instinct is Nightcrawler. Okay. Um Rogue. Okay. Cyclops. Okay. You know, I feel like it would be too predictable to go with... You know what? I would go with... uh, Mine's predictable. I don't care. I know the characters (laughs) work. (laughs) Um, You know what? Okay, let's go with... um, Let's go with Storm. Okay. So what's that? Until you got Rogue, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, and Storm. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I'm gonna be very basic. I'm taking Wolverine. <laughs> I he has to be in it for me. Um, even though he was actually in the second version of the X Men in the comics, not the first. So my team, a little basic with my top three, but to me these have have to be on here. Uh, Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm. Storm is, there's this game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Whew, fun game. Fun, fun game. You basically choose your team of four, and you put characters all from the Marvel Universe, and you fight stuff. Storm is lethal in that game. I love her. Um, so, yeah, those are my big three. And then I had a tough decision here for four. I thought about Gambit. I thought about Beast. But I'm going Iceman. I think he's cool. I like him, um, so, and I think he can be funny, and I think they should utilize him a little more in the upcoming X-Men. But you could put together, like, a cast of, uh, 
you could do this in any way of like unknown X-Men that you could put like if you put Gambit, Colossus, um, Rogue, and Wanda. What about Wanda? Are they gonna tie Wanda to the X-Men, do we think? I mean that's 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 it's, it's I think it's their biggest chance to do so unless you Fantastic Four maybe is the other option, but I feel like Wanda makes sense if you're going that route to, to kind of do the storytelling. Yeah, but I think having Wanda do it though kind of also minimizes the use of Jean Grey. Yeah, you can't that's really, a great it's too similar. Great point. Too similar in the properties to coexist in a sense. I think if anyone, we are going to get Wolverine first. Yeah, which I think you could do in a lot of flashback ways, which would be really cool. I I mean, it would have been cool to see like a Wolverine Captain America. Yeah, I team up or something. If I could actually, I will say my number one way to start the X Men in the MCU, and this isn't going by the rules I established earlier. I would just do the story of Professor X and Magneto meeting, and like the big origins of it all for two hours, like not just the first fifteen minutes. Give me those two together. Give me Michael Fassbender as Magneto. That's all I want. You can screw up every other casting in the MCU. I will live with it. Give me Michael Fassbender back. He is the perfect Magneto, and I think he could really take um, that performance to the next level if he was in the MCU with some good Can you imagine him with um, Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen, just the three of them on screen? Oh, my God. It would be so electric. It's just, and it's also a bummer thinking about, damn, it would have been cool if he could have interacted with Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans. But who knows? You know, for me, I think I would want the X-Men to come in. I grew up watching, I don't know if you watched it, um, X-Men Evolution. Yeah. But it was, it was more of the high schooler setting for mm-hmm. them, and it was they were younger, and they were kind of growing into their powers and stuff. I yeah. feel like that would be an interesting take for it, because then that way you also have another avenue to build in Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. And you can and really slow burn the characters, not just rush into it. Yeah, and I think that that might be an interesting way to do it, because it, we kind of did that in first class slightly, but not t- too much. So Yeah. Oh, last question before we wrap up. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Quicksilver, from the Age of Ultron. He's now cast as Craven for Sony. And they reached out to, like, every big actor ever, but they chose him, I guess. So does this confirm, Peter, that Evan Peters is actually the Quicksilver going forward in the MCU because the Quicksilver, the former Quicksilver is now going to be Craven, and we're possibly going to see him come in through the Sony stuff Am I crazy to think that? That this just confirmed that he's not Ralph Boner? Because so I need to, that. <laughs> to play devil's advocate, um, I I did see the, the casting. I did also... So it is Sony, and it is supposedly standalone, similar to Venom. A Craven standalone movie is the stupidest thing of all time without Which Spider-Man. is DC all over again. Like, we're, we're basically following the Warner DC models. That's what Sony's doing. Like, let's make you a movie and you a movie because it's you unreal. will translate cool on screen, but you don't translate to the bigger storytelling. Like, there's... It makes zero sense. Could he be hunting Especially, Venom? Hmm? I mean, the only way it works is to be like, hunts Venom, right? But that doesn't even make sense. But that's just like, why? Like, why, what, why, does, why not... That's what's frustrating because included in Spider-Man don't 
do it separate. It's like it's like the fact that we're getting a Joker two movie. It's like why, why, why? It's like I, money. Yeah, and I liked the Joker, but you know what I really wanted is I wanted to see him get punched in the face by Batman. That's why I wanted the whole movie. But that would have so, destroyed the whole movie. I know, but you know what? It's gonna be stupid if he does a whole nother movie and Batman doesn't punch him in the face. Needs to happen. And which Batman? Which Batman? Is it going to be Ben Affleck? Is it going to be Robert Pattinson? Is it going to be be somebody completely different? (laughs) There's. It's wild that that studio produced the Dark Knight trilogy. It's wild, and that it exists so much in its own separate little bubble of untouchability, as opposed Mm -hmm. to here's this movie, here's that movie, here's another one coming. I think Man of Steel was pretty good. That was a good movie. And then things went off the rails. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then they will, conti- they will continue to go off the rails as yeah, we're think... going to get a new Superman. And it's just like, what? you had Superman. You had, yeah, you had you the had perfect Superman. Superman. Hen- Henry Cavill, good luck finding one better than him. They it's just like did... a... it's Disney were to be like, thank you, Robert Downey Jr. Thank you, Chris Evans. We're going to recast the role with somebody else. Like, it's all right. just... it's... They're going to announce that like a year before they release Endgame. Is what they would do as DC. Yeah, it's like so someone dumb. else is going to come into the role and yeah. take uh, over. All right. Well, that was our uh, little superhero chat today. Next week, we're going to be diving deep into Loki and what to expect. Thus, we'll be talking about all of Loki's appearances in the MCU, as well as theorizing uh, what could happen in this show, looking at all the trailers, talking about all the, the possible things. So what should people watch if they want to be on conversation with us next week? Great point, great point. I would say you need to watch Thor 1 through 3. And, I mean, if you've seen them and you remember, you don't necessarily need to, but, I mean, I think that it is crucial that you see Thor 1 through 3 to understand this Loki character, as well as Avengers 1, and then I would say Infinity War. And Endgame. Is he's not in Endgame. Yes. That's what sets off Loki. Oh my god, yeah. Jesus, that was a, a brain fart That's there. That's a minor yeah. disappointment right there. That's just a minor one. Yeah, that, that was tough. Um, yeah, so I, those are the ones I would go through. That's like a, obviously a lot, so if you need to, I mean, you can look, look up scenes. Because, I mean, if we're talking about Infinity War and Endgame, he's, not in, he's in them, but it's very short, so you could just go look at those scenes if you don't want to watch them again. But why wouldn't you want to watch those movies? Yeah, again? why They're wouldn't fantastic. you want to just give up your Memorial Day weekend and watch yeah. those movies? What I, I, else is, but what's the better thing to do? I know. Thor 2 might be a tough sell if it's, sun, it's sunny outside, and I'm like, yeah, you should watch The Dark World. It's like, eh, that might be tough, but uh, if it's not great weather, you should do that. Um, all right, Peter. Next week, Loki, can't wait. Get your homework in, folks. Um... It's a pass or no pass, pass fail class though. So you just gotta, you gotta be ready there. I'm not gonna grade your homework. <laughs> I don't know. So academic sounding for it, it's been a while. Um, Peter, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you to everyone for listening. This has been the Pineapple Couch.